We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Kobe Pierce, Juan Daniels. Joining us today, we have the tamer of the flaming dragon. Mm. The man that gets, the man that does not get off of uh, David Cohn's lawn. Mm, Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, Jake Crane. Jake, welcome back, man. Man, it's, uh, it's great to be back. I, I got to be honest with you, that intro was super dope. That, that had like a Game of Thrones vibe to it. Like I thought you were going to like, Show me the Georgia head and then like King's Landing or something like that. that was that was dope. I never seen Thank that you, before. Sir. That's the first Thank time you. I've yep. seen it. Well, I mean, it's been a very long time since you've been on the show, so mm-hmm. I'd like to say we're we're moving on up. Oh, make it uh, moves. I didn't know you had it like that, man. That's impressive. Yeah, do the shit my damn self, as, as Gucci said one time. Uh, anyways, <laughs> guys, today we're talking. Today we're talking NFL draft. <laughs> the 2023 draft is uh, starting tomorrow, right, uh, as we record on this Wednesday, April 26th. Uh, first things first, I want to get straight into this. I want to ask you what your overall thoughts on the, the draft are, right, with regards to Georgia football. What, From an outsider's perspective, what are you looking forward to from a Georgia perspective in regards to the draft-eligible players these upcoming days? Well, I mean, Georgia, and, and I don't want to come on here and just start knocking Alabama, but I mean, Georgia's replaced Alabama as the team with the, the best personnel or the, or the most, you know, NFL-ready personnel in aggregate out of any team in the country. I mean, that's what you do. You want to have the best team, you, you need to have the best players, and, and that's what Georgia has done. Uh, you look at last year, the amount of guys that were taken, and, and really the amount of guys that came out from Georgia even before Kirby Smart was a lot, but I mean, it's been supercharged lately. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll venture to say, I, I think tomorrow's the most important recruiting day for anybody. I, I think it's more recruiting, more important than signing day, because now with the way that recruiting is, it's really not any longer the business of, oh, well, you're from around here. Or, oh, well, your dad played here. It's, hey, how quickly can you get me to the NFL and make me tons of money? It truly is a business. And you throw NIL in there as well. And this is a huge day for the coaches 
Because when they walk in there and it comes down to nut-cutting time between going to Georgia and Bama and Ohio State or LSU, they put that spreadsheet out in front of you and say, well, you know, uh, our last you know, six edge rushers have all been taken in the first, at least first three rounds of the draft. They're all multimillionaires. So it's a huge day in recruiting. I mean, I expect Georgia to have a great day. I expect the SEC to set another record and also take a battering ram to the SEC bias debate which I think is one of the top three dumbest things I've ever heard in my life right there with the world ending in 12 years and uh, the Loch Ness monster. Hey, don't, Hey, don't, Hey, don't, don't. Nah, man. Loch Ness monster slander will not be tolerated. <laughs> look, I'm just messing. No, I was, I was no. about to say, look, I, I work with a, a dragon on Fridays, so maybe I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, we, I mean, in all fairness, I have shout outs to Crane and company there. Uh, so I do want to, you know, kind of look back to last year, right? Georgia's setting a record, five first rounders, uh, defensive, right? Uh, first rounders uh, in the first round last year, set a record there. You know, I, I don't, me personally, and Kobe and Juan, feel free to interject here. I don't see that record getting touched this year, right, from a Georgia perspective. But there's still a good amount of players that have a possibility of being in the first round. When you look at – I think you look at surefire, right, uh, first-rounders. I think you look at Jalen Carter, obviously. You look at Broderick Jones. I definitely think that he's going to be a first-rounder. Um, and then you have potential first-rounders and like maybe like a Darnell Washington, uh, Keely Ringo, things like that. So, you know, what are your thoughts there? I, I think, you know – Obviously, you talked about the recruiting thing, and I think that actually helps as well, for sure. Um, but when you look at those names, what, what do you see out of those guys um, that sticks out to you? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, uh, I mean... Here's, here's what sticks out. Each one is different, right? Uh, every player is a different circumstance. Um, but w what sticks out to me with each one of those guys, I mean, I could sit here and talk for an hour about Jalen Carter. I mean, one of the reasons that he is where he is isn't just his size and, and his ability to bend in his hips and, and his effectiveness as a pass rusher, but he has heavy hands and he knows how to use them. You win up front with your hands. If you know how to play with your hands, you can make up for deficiencies or you can increase proficiencies. And he's obviously very strong. He's very explosive from his, really his ankles up. Uh, so with Jalen, it's easy. There's not many guys that are interior pass rushers that are as athletic as him and as good against the runs, uh, run, whether it's base blocks, having good feel, whether you get a down block, knowing the trap's coming, anything like that. Uh, and he's not a liability on third down. Uh, I mean, when, when you look at a guy like Nolan Smith, he's Mr. Everything. Now, now I will say, 
that I do think the best player in this draft on defense is Will Anderson Jr. And it's for one reason. It's because just like if I was operating a Dunkin' Donuts and I needed to hire a manager, I'm probably going to hire the guy that's the best at the most stuff. And without a doubt for me this year, it's Will Anderson Jr. With what he's able to do from a pass rush standpoint with his hand in the ground or standing up, what he's able to do against a run, whether that's, you know, coming into to, to box the, the kick or coming in to spill it. He's able to hold up there. He's able to drop in coverage. You can use him in exotic blitz packages, third down exotic pressures, things like that. And hell, you could probably line him up at linebacker and let him play a game there if you had to. So uh, having said all that, the, the depth from Georgia once again in the first round is going to be incredible to watch. Last year was an anomaly. I don't know if we'll see that record broken for a long time, if not ever. So expecting that every year is just impossible because you do have to reload. Uh, and when you lose a lot of guys, you have to replace a lot of guys. And that's been made easier by the transfer portal. But Georgia's going to continue to have guys in the first round. And I think the biggest compliment, uh, having said all that to say this, is that it's not just one side of the ball that Georgia's having guys drafted on in the first round. Why has Georgia won back-to-back -back national championships? It's because of balance. Yes, every team, the offense and defense is never going to be exactly equal, but Georgia's had enough balance to be able to survive games where everybody's not playing great at the same time. And that's how you win a championship in the game of football. Absolutely. So I want to take a second to shout out the brigade coming in hot and heavy uh, and ready to go. Um, listen, uh, Juan, uh, apparently with Kobe wearing the Masters hat, uh, apparently DGD Pat says you have a green jacket because it's old and moldy. Do you want to do you want to defend yourself? No, that's fair. That that is that is fair. Everything I have is 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 nineteen twenties and, and and later. So, okay. <laughs> hey, I, I I do have a question here. Who you know uh, you talked about Georgia players. Who this year would be your sleeper? Who's someone that you would say you know what they may have not gone as high or maybe have slipped out, but they're going to be the sleeper. Um, you know, I, I think when we're talking about the Georgia guys, I don't know if you want to say is a is a sleeper, but. Uh, you know, a lot of people will say Ringo, and, and look, I like Ringo. There's some things in his game I think he has to improve on a lot, uh, but everybody does. I think, man, Darnell Washington being an effective pass catcher in the NFL. I, I, obviously, you look at him hit the sled, it just looks different. I mean, he looks like one of the guys that Xerxes sent to fight the 300 in like the third <laughs> wave. Um, you watch him, you see how physical he is. You hear the great story of, oh, well, he was a tackle that transitioned to tight end. Uh, and, you know, that really doesn't happen a lot. And guys have success and being able to move like he does. But the, the strength of his hands and his ability to high point the ball, he's really a natural catcher of the ball. You know, there's a saying in baseball, fat kids can hit. Well, in football, I think fat kids can catch a lot better than what people think. <laughs> and Darnell yeah. Washington just happened to transition from a hog molly to now just a hybrid, unbelievable freak athlete of a player. But typically... Those guys are deficient catching the ball, right? Or they're really stiff in the hips and can't get in and out of breaks. I'm not saying Darnell Washington's a contortionist by any stretch of the imagination, but the evolution of his game, being able to go up and catch the ball and being such a threat in the red zone. Imagine Darnell Washington being the blocker he is on the slam and slide boot in the NFL that we see all the time. Yeah, on the backside, yeah. on the backside, uh, hold and dip on that throwback screen that the NFL just everybody runs. It's the new split zone of the screen game. Uh, screen game, in my opinion, I think he has a chance to be an All-Pro player. I really do. Well, Kobe, I want to ask you that. I want to ask you that same question. Who who do you think for uh, in this draft class is going to be a sleeper for Georgia? I really think that um, you know it just kind of depends on 
who you've talked to and who's kind of predicted it, but I think Chris Smith brings a lot to a lot of teams. And, you know, I've seen things where he's fourth, fifth round pick kind of thing. So, you know, is he a a phenomenal player? Um, He was for the dogs for a couple of years. Is he going to transition super well? I don't know. There's a lot of good safeties ahead of him, but I think, you know, he plays hard. He runs downhill. He fills gaps. And, you know, you've seen here that he can be sneaky in the in coverage. I mean, he's had a couple of really big interceptions, um, you know, things like that. To me, just going back to what Jake said, too, talking about, like, not breaking draft records every year. My freshman year here at Georgia, we had one guy get drafted in the NFL, Isaiah McKenzie, and he came out a year early. Kirby was trying to get him to stay, and if he stays – you have zero guys drafted in 2016, which would have been, I guess, the 2017 draft. But you know, now you're looking at last year, you're talking about 15 guys got drafted, five in the first round. This year you're talking about, you know, three guaranteed in the first round, maybe sneak a fourth late. And, you know, we did the math the other day, Robert. We're thinking probably 10 guys, maybe 11 guys get drafted this year. Kind of depends how it falls in the late seventh round. You know, anywhere between nine and 11 guys. When you see that, that you know, that buildup from when the program, you know, I think a lot of people will talk about, well, Kirby inherited a really good program with a lot of good recruits from the Mark Rick era. I mean, you're talking about we have one guy drafted, you know, and now you're talking about you're going to have four guys in the first round. So I think that's a big, a big staple to Kirby and how all of his coaches are developing. And now that he's going through his third defensive coordinator, you know, things like that. Just that steady um, ability to to grow talent from guys that other people don't necessarily see talent in as well. Kobe, I'll, I'll say this too, man. I, I mean, it's one thing uh, to inherit a good roster, but Georgia hadn't had a good roster in a long time. Y'all know this. It's been an elite roster. It's one thing to hand me a really nice car that works, and it's another thing for me to drive up two years later in a Lamborghini uh, with two Victoria's Secret models in the back of it, seeing if you want to go down to uh, the Jersey Shore or something. And Georgia's had more. The last, the state of Georgia has not had this many guys drafted since Vietnam. I mean, it really is in, incredible to see when, when you look at the numbers and the increase. It's just another, another, you know, feathering Kirby's cap. You're not wrong. I wanted to bring up something else with in regards to sleepers. One, I want to ask you this question too, but I want to throw a name out before it gets taken. You know, you look at Roderick Jones and, right, like the utmost potential there. I think the kid has this ridiculously high ceiling. But my sleeper is Warren McClendon. Um, you know, just looking at McClendon, like seeing how well he held down the right tackle spot, you know. For me, and Jake, if you want to elaborate further on this, when you're on the offensive line and your name's not called, that's not really a bad thing. That You know, you're doing your job. Uh, and and McClendon did that, and, and I think you're you're going to look at teams that need that tackle spot. Like, you know, everybody thinks the left tackle spot, and rightfully so. But McClendon, I think, will be a solid right tackle in the NFL. I mean, would anybody care to uh, disagree with that? Uh, well, I, to me, I think it's going to be a very similar story to Jamari Sawyer. You know, Jamari Sawyer was the guy that wasn't super talked about. I know they're different positions. Jamari played inside and. Not that Jamari couldn't play outside, but but he's a, more of a guard than a tackle. Uh, and now you see Jamari, he's a starter in the NFL, legitimate starting offensive lineman in the NFL that's a really good player. And sometimes not having all the hype can be a good thing, right? 
you just go in there and work, go in there and grind. Because if they're not saying anything about you, they're not saying anything bad about you. It's a two-way street. Um, but when I look at McClendon, I think he is a right tackle. And listen, we know the left tackles get the money unless you play for, you know, the Dolphins or, or a left-handed quarterback, which we don't see those a lot. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's going to be a solid player. He's a guy I think you could kick over to left tackle in emergencies, somewhat of a swing guy. Obviously, typically, it's easier for guys to go from outside to inside uh, if you do have to shuffle some guys in the offensive line. So, look, Warren McClendon is going to be a good pro. He's, uh, he's a guy that got a lot of snaps. He's seen a lot of different pressures, played in a lot of big games, and played in a lot of guys that are already playing in the NFL. So, uh, no, I think Warren's going to be fun. Yeah, and I think it's amazing. Like, he's talking about when you look at Jamari and you look at Warren, you know, they were the left and the right tackle for us last yep. year. I mean, the amount of film that they have with guys that were top 64 picks in the NFL, you know, David Ajobo, Aiden Hutchinson, Will Anderson Jr. this year. I mean, they've seen some quality, quality pass rushers. I mean, Kobe, hell, practice. Look yeah. at practice last year. No one's in a better – that pass rush and inside drill, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, they've been through Azizo Jolari, you know. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of really good talent. So it is kind of surprising to me that Warren is getting, you know, later round, much later round grades. To me, he could have been a very easily a third, fourth round right tackle, especially with all the um, love Darnell Wright from Tennessee is kind of getting people talking about, you know, I've seen people mocking him, top 10 pick, first tackle taken as a right tackle. And I, I just kind of interesting. You know, you look at – I want to bring this up. You know, Jake, you brought up uh, Jamari Sawyer. You know, Jamari Sawyer goes in the sixth round, but the uh, the Chargers, I think the GM, I believe, made basically came out and said he should have been drafted two rounds earlier. Like, I think when you look at Warren McClendon, I think that could be – could be, right, another example of someone that gets drafted later than they should be. And you look at N'Kobe Dean last year. I, I look at – Nicobe Dean, right? I think we all had him penciled in as a first rounder. And then he just falls to the third, right? With the, the, I guess, the red flags with the health issues. But now you look at him for the Eagles, right? They, him and Jordan Davis go to the Super Bowl as rookies. And now you're looking at more than likely Nicobe Dean's about to be, uh, you know, a second year starter. And I think you look at that right there is just, you know, keeping in mind, bringing it back around you're going to see guys go later than where they should be. And ultimately, listen, Warren McClendon, I think it's going to be just fine. Yeah, I think the same for uh, Kenny McIntosh is is a guy. Uh, you know, to me, he's going to be a, a sleeper. Um, look at the the backs that we have right now in the NFL. We've got Sonny Michelle. We've got, you know, Chubb, uh, uh, Cook. And so I, I think he's going to be a great guy coming out of the backfield. He's going to, you know, not get as many carries. But, you know, from a durability standpoint, he does not have a whole lot of wear and tear on him because of the rotation of those backs. You know, and I, I think that that's going to be huge and somebody's going to jump up and grab him. Yeah, I mean, I just think that it's another name too. Juan. I'm glad you brought that up. His versatility, right? I mean, like, Georgia's going to miss that this season, right, if we're looking at the current state of the team. But, you know, when you – I feel like the scape of the – you know, the the scope of running backs in the NFL, you, you're tended to see more of, um, you know, more versatile receiving back. Jake, do you agree on that or – because, I mean, I think I think yeah, all eyes are going to yeah. be on Bijan, right, uh, uh, the running back from Texas, uh, Bijan. But Kenny McIntosh does bring a good skill set there too. And I think you'll look at a lot of NFL teams that could uh, use a receiving back like that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you, you look at the, the 
amount of time that running backs stay in the NFL, they got about as short as the shelf life as, as anybody at, at any position in the league. So what teams are starting to do is you're starting to see them pay less for running backs and do it more by committee. You have guys that are specializing. Now, I, I think two things can be true at once. I, I think it can work both ways. I would rather have a back that can do everything because I keep that. I think that keeps defenses from being able to find out tendencies, especially on third down with what you're going to do. Uh, that's the hardest trick to having running back by committee is being able to kind of throw everything at everybody without saying, all right, well, you know, if he comes in the game, it was third and five or more. If he lines up even with the quarterback, they're running this. Or if they're in the pistol, they're running this. So, uh, look, I think it can work a lot of ways where I think it benefits you the most to have guys like Aaron Jones and, and guys that can get that. I mean, you remember James White from the Patriots. It's in the red zone because that's when you've got to be able to find space when space is limited. And how do you do that? You throw different things at people. So whether that's getting in split gun, whether that's having a back you can flex out and go empty and find a way to pick or rub somebody or, or create space where space is limited, I think that's why that with the financial incentive, especially now that quarterbacks are making an ungodly amount of money, you know, you, you <laughs> yeah. got to rob Peter yeah. to pay Paul somewhere. So I think that's where you're seeing it. Yeah, and, and I think that I think more and more teams are looking for those diamonds in the rough late in the draft i mean it's definitely become the new popular yeah, i was about to say isaiah pacheco is the is like the crown jewel of that this past year because i think he was what a seventh round pick at running back i think i saw that espn did a a short with like him and brock purdy and a couple people where they read their draft analysis and like you know what kind of player they were and he was like you know not a home run threat you know slower than appears like all these different things it's like Isaiah Pacheco is a really, really good running back for the Chiefs this year. I mean, yeah, beat out. I mean, beat out Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, I, I I'll, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this too. I mean, when you when you look at the running back position and, and in college, you know the way Kirby's doing it, and the way Kirby's been doing it, and and guys have used running back by committee before, but Nick Saban perfected this man. Like people used to ask all the time, like, how does Alabama sign two five-star running backs in the same class? Well, what he does is he sits him down and says, listen, you got two options. I can sign you and only you, and you can be the guy, and I can give you 15, 20, 25 carries a game for three years, which we saw with the most special guy he had, in my opinion, Derrick Henry, who's just a different breed of human being. But with every with the mortal humans, he says, all right, but if I do that, by the time you're draft eligible, you're going to look like, like a beat-up old Pinto by the time you go to the Senior Bowl. You want to talk about injury history – or I can bring in two of you. I can split the carries. I can turn you into a complete back. You can pass protect. You can learn how, uh, how to you know, pick up blitzes on both sides of the line of scrimmage. You can learn how to run routes and be a complete black. Like, I don't know, Najee Harris. And you can make a ton of money and not be used goods when it comes down to the combine and they look at the car facts. So it was started by Saban. It's brilliant. That's how you get multiple great running backs on campus. It's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. So I want to transition from the running back situation to the quarterbacks because I heard Brock Purdy. Uh, Georgia has a quarterback that's actually draft eligible. Uh, the talk of the town, Stetson Bennett. Um, I got to ask this question because there is a bet, the, a longstanding bet that is about to come to fruition. A winner will be determined over this weekend. <clears throat> so I'll explain this shortly. If, if Stetson Bennett gets drafted, Juan Daniels has to wear a, a Stetson Bennett jersey. Juan, care to explain to the if I if I lose this bet, what happens to what what happens? I don't know. Did we did we talk about it? I, I know it was wearing a shirt. I just don't know if it was specific team. Well, 
Yeah, you you'll probably wear your just your Auburn shirt that yeah, you have. Like, yeah. It's not a fucking it's not a fucking yeah. Auburn shirt. Actually, you know what? You'll have to wear a Gator shirt. How about oh, that? You'll I like Florida better. I like the Florida yeah. yeah. Carby now. Well, yeah. So I guess what'll happen is if if Stetson Bennett does not get drafted, I'll have to get a Florida shirt and go from there, and then give it to Adonis. Because, well, he can never have too many. Um, yeah. But I want to pose this question to Jake. Jake, do you think Stetson Bennett will get drafted? No, I, I don't. Uh, I, I do think he'll get picked up. And look, I've, been, I've been a Stetson Bennett guy. You know that. You watched our show. My, my brother, I, I've been saying it for two years. You know, I, I liked his game. I liked, I felt like he was kind of the glue that held that team together and kind of kept that team humble a little bit. But having said that, having said that, when you look at the NFL, and I'm not going to do the size thing because I think with the way the game's played now, that's not nearly the argument that it was a long time ago. I mean, it's the same people talking about Bryce Young. All he did was throw behind six, seven guys his whole career. What's that going to change? Like, all of a sudden, like, he's, oh, my God, these guys are huge. Um, Hell, half of them are getting drafted. Uh, But when I look at Stetson, I think he is – the off-the-field stuff's going to hurt him. Uh, His tape – is good, but I think a knock on him is unfortunate. Is that he had a ton of talent around him. Now you don't hear that for the six foot four, two hundred twenty five pound guy that had talent around him, but he's six four, two twenty five. They'll use it as a knock. My thing with Stetson is, I'm just not sure that Stetson, from an intermediate passing game standpoint, I'm not talking about decision making. I'm not even talking about the vertical ball. I actually think Stetson throws a pretty nice deep ball. I don't think he is accurate enough in the windows that are tight in the NFL in the intermediate game to be able to thrive. I'm not saying he can't go out there and have a good game. I'm not saying he can't go out there and shock some guys that pick him up and maybe get some playing time in a preseason game and then maybe make a roster. I just don't – because I can I hold Stetson Bennett to a high standard. He's the back-to-back national championship winning quarterback to me. I haven't seen that a lot. I hold him in a very, very high regard. But I do not expect the same results that we saw – at Georgia in the NFL, because let's be honest, even though it's not his fault, Georgia had a talent and personnel advantage in pretty much every single game that they played. I'm not saying that doesn't happen in the NFL, but just like the windows are smaller to throw through, the gap in talent is smaller from the top to the bottom or the middle to the top. So no, I don't think that. You add that with the offseason arrests, and I think that gets you picked up and and you still get a shot, but uh, you don't get the glory of draft day. I'm just saying, it's me against the world, as Kendrick once said. No, you're wearing um, that shirt. I go ahead and tell you, you're going to be wearing that shirt. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to need y'all to calm the fuck down, first off. <laughs> calm the fuck down. Uh, Jake, I know you said you had to go, man. Um, I wanted to give you, a, uh, give you a chance to, where can people find your show? I, I mean, listen, I, I made the, I know I started off hot with the Flaming Dragon take to get off my long take. But if people don't know, how can they know? Oh, man, it's, uh, look, it's a great time. We're the sports show for The Daily Wire. You can go to dailywire.com, Daily Wire Plus. We're on YouTube. We go live every morning, uh, 7.30 to 9 a.m. Eastern, weekday morning. Sorry, not on Sunday or Saturday, but we do put out content. But every weekday morning, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, uh, come check us out. We do live call-ins. Uh, we have we have a very very uh, fiery chat that we go to, and we talk a little bit of everything, and it's, it's kind of more common sense than I think people are used to watching. I need, to, I, need to get, I need to get your brother on to do a It's Mid for the show, man. I think, I think did, man. He knocked it out that. of the park the other day. He absolutely knocked it out of the park. So I guarantee you first one would have to be Utah. It's Mid. You, the state or the team? Utah, just in general. 
it's an ongoing show joke. It's an ongoing joke. Show. It's Look, it's I don't joke. really trust them that much either. Let's be honest. But um, <laughs> I got no problem with the jazz or anything like that. But uh, no, nah, but it's always fun. Uh, just hit me up, whatever, man. And uh, look, hey, must what a great time to be a Georgia fan. Hey, isn't this great? Isn't this what y'all all wanted forever, right? Forever since 1980. All you hear, can't win it, can't win it, can't. Then you win it twice in a row. What a t- doesn't the air smell better? The food, the women are <laughs> no, better. You, you, still, you still got the Munson ears, man. You still got the Munson ears. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. Dude, you're, you're, it's the that truth. pouch will stay there. That stuff, that pouch will stay there. Man, hey, listen, thanks again for coming on, man. I know you got to run. Uh, so yeah. thank you again for coming on. It was a pleasure having you on. Sir, it's been real. Hey, for sure. It's always a great time. You guys do a really good job. And, uh, man, uh, make sure you get the size right for my boy on that Florida shirt. He's going to be wearing it. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're going to get him right, an extra medium. I can't right, wait to come back. I can't. All right, buddy. Have a good one. All right. With that being said, I'm just going to let y'all know that I will not be wearing a Florida shirt because Stetson Bennett's going to get fucking drafted. Let's just call it a spade a spade. Simple as that. But with right. that being said, I'm, we have we went 25 minutes, 26 minutes. Uh, Got to let you know, guys, if you're not familiar, Sunday, uh, st- uh, Alumni Hall, uh, use code DGDGRAD from April 30th through May 6th and uh, online or in store, right? So at uh, the Alumni Hall store in Athens or their website, use our website, actually, dgdpodcast.com forward slash Alumni Hall and 20% off your purchase online or in store. Also, we did some renovations to our website, so you could actually support myself, Kobe, or Juan. You'll see that when you get onto the website. I think that's a pretty interesting take, but use code DGDGRAD. Make sure you do that so you can get your 20% off, and the, and the, the code only works from April 30th through May 6th. So make sure you take advantage of that, guys. It's going to be good. Listen, just got my little got my Yeti cup in. Um, just going to leave that there. Uh, Kobe got the PGA grounds crew fit on. Now nah, he doesn't have the white Adonis. Apparently you don't watch enough golf. Um, but anyway, let's, let's get started with this. I want to, so obviously you've got 13 guys that are draft eligible, right? And we talked, we've mentioned these names before, but I want to, let's take a look and maybe do a prediction per se. Do we want to do rounds and teams? Do we want to just do one? I would just do rounds or like a yeah. general, like a general pick consensus. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do a round perspective here, but if you want to throw in the team that you think they can go to, by all means do that as well. Um, and we'll start first things first. Uh, as Adonis says, watching your hairline turn into wands. Are you talking to me? I just got my ears lower. That's all it was for me. Uh, but anyways, we'll, we'll start. The, obviously the main one, Jalen Carter. Do I have to say what round? Because I think we know. No, just the pick. Okay. So with Jalen Carter, we know first rounder, period. Um, With that being said, what team do you think picks him up? I think he goes anywhere between five to ten. I think that the Seahawks are the first team to legitimately look at him. I think the Bears, the Eagles at nine and ten, I just don't see him making it past the Bears and the Eagles. I, I don't see that happening. They both need defensive line help. I mean, if you're the Eagles, you literally could draft Jalen Carter and um, Jordan Davis in back-to-back drafts with the 10th and 11th pick. I, I just – I don't see that defensive line room passing him up if he makes it that far. I think they're going to be as happy as anybody. But. With with the Eagles having that 10th pick, it's basically a luxury pick, right? Is there a chance you see them – some scrounge up some picks 
and move up because I, I think the Seahawks at five would pick him up. I think there's a very good shot that the Seahawks will do that. I don't see them jump into four or anything like that because of the quarterback situation, right? But could could they move up to a six or seven? Because you have the Lions at six. And I think the Seahawks, listen, I think the Seahawks are going to pick him. But could the Eagles make a move? Do you think they would make a move? No. You're fresh off the Super Bowl appearance. You're and you have a tenth, the tenth overall pick. You're smiling. You're loving yeah. life. Yep. Yep. You can thank the Saints for that, folks. Um, just gonna leave that there. Juan, where where do you think he goes? What do you have a specific team or position? Or no, I mean it, it, it would it would probably <laughs> it would probably. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, John B. Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know what, it would be a good thing for Chicago. Chicago really has to, you know, they, they, they need to, you know, shore up a whole lot of things. Um, you know, they got a great quarterback in Justin Fields. Obviously they're going to need some offensive help, which I think that they'll do that, you know, do make, make some more off season, you know, trades, but I could see them wanting to really just kind of shore up that defense and he would be huge for them. So, like I said, I think the Seahawks take them. Kobe, you said anywhere between five to ten could take them. I think any team in that five to ten pick would take them. I think the only reason the Seahawks don't take him is if they move back. I think that's the only like. If if they move back, then whoever moves into five will more than likely take. Well, I felt like it would be for a quarterback. I, I know this sounds that's, crazy. That's what I'm saying. I, I know it sounds crazy, but I, I legitimately think that I, I don't understand the fascination for this quarterback class. I really don't. But. You're look. I mean, you're looking at four quarterbacks coming off the board almost immediately. Like, I just don't see that depth. I, I, we've we've played a couple of them, and, and I don't believe. I don't buy it. I'm just saying. Um, but I do want to move on to our next one, Broderick Jones. I think he's a surefire first rounder too. But I think he, for me, I think he's in the mid, right, the middle of the first round. And I think the best fit for him would be the Jets. Um, you know, you provide instant instant uh, blocking prowess, right, for Aaron Rodgers with that move. Um, keeping him upright is going to be key there for success for the Jets. I think that would be the ideal landing spot. Uh, Juan, what do you say? I'd say the Jets, too. I'm going to tell you what, man, the Jets are making some big-time off-season moves. You know, you got that uh, OBJ, you know, you've got, um, you, you know, with uh, Aaron Rodgers. They're basically selling the farm, <laughs> you know, pretty much to – to make a run. And, and I think it's just going to be a couple of year run with Aaron Rodgers. I don't see him having a whole lot of time left, but I think this, this will be a great fit um, for them. I mean, at one point in time, as crazy as it may sound, the Jets were known for having a pretty good defense. Their offense has always been pretty poor, but defensively they always were at least in games, you know, for a time, you know, so now that they have some more offensive power, they're going to stack up their defense. I think that this would be a great fit for them. I think, I, I agree with Juan. I think it's a huge, not really knock on any of the tackles, but maybe even a good thing. But I still don't think we know where any of the tackles rank. I think they all rank differently on their own, like on individual teams' draft boards. You know, I mean, you've seen, I've seen Darnell Wright being the number one tackle taken. We've seen Peter Skronsky. I've seen Paris Johnson Jr., seen Broderick Jones. I've seen all four of them be the first tackle taken in numerous mock drafts. Um, I agree. I think the Jets at 15, I mean, they only moved back two spots from 13. I think that, you know, they have a good chance of taking Broderick. But I also wouldn't be surprised if 
you know, somebody at 11 or 12. I think the Texans Patriots. 12. Patriots. I think the Patriots, you could, if you're not careful. The Patriots are after 15, though. I think they're at 17. I thought they were at 14. My bad. Uh, so, obviously, listen, Broderick's going to be a first round pick. 14. So, I mean, yeah. it could go anywhere. I, I, like I said, I think the – listen, Belichick loves him from Georgia, too. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So keep that keep that in mind. Obviously, I think he's goes to the Jets. Next player up, Darnell Washington. This is where it starts to get interesting. Um, where do we project this man to go? I would say late. I would say late first round, early early second round. Like I say he he could be that sleeper. He's such a force. He's such a physical human being, and just like Jake was talking about. I mean, he's he can rise, he can catch, he can do different things. Um, he he's kind of an in between, so he's he's not necessarily going to be your that that Gronk, but you know he can also you know also be like that that Brait um, type guy. So he he can do a lot of great things. It's just going to be a matter of is somebody going to be able to take a chance on him? I mean, he can, like I said, th- th- those those plays where you're hitting the edge and then you're rolling out into the flats. I think he just would be just dominant. Hmm. Jesus, the, the brigade is going wild. Brigade going wild. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. For those listening on podcasts, I, I'm just saying, apparently Adonis did a mission trip to Utah. Failed. But when oh, it came God. to <laughs> – oh, <laughs> oh, my word. Welcome to the Make One Laugh Again campaign. It's the presidential season. Apparently, Man. apparently Adonis passed on the the mission to find oh, white women. Wow. That's the only mission trip he'll oh, pass. That is the funniest Ooh. thing ever. Oh, <laughs> Make him feel good. Uh, anyways, hey, listen. I think I think Darnell goes early second round, but my heart wants me for him to go first round. And, and the team that I would love to see him go to, the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh man, I would love to see that. Absolutely love to see him on the Bengals. Just pairing him with Jamar Chase, excuse me, Jamar Chase and Joey Burrow alone. Just just, because if I'm not mistaken, I think they have Hayden Hurst, but I I don't know if Hayden Hurst is a free agent or not. But I I just think that would be a dream matchup. You get Joey Burrow a huge red zone target. You could, I mean, Jamar Chase is good from anywhere on the field, but you get into the red zone. That, that's dangerous. Juan, what do you think? Or Kobe, oh, excuse me. I mean, you, you would have something like that again. You've got Boyd. You've got, you know, Jamar Chase. You've got some backs out of the backfield they can catch. But then you add a, you add a Darnell Washington. That is just – I mean, that's just potent. And, and, and it's not unfair. just in the red zone. That's, that's all the way down the football field. I mean, you could see, too, there was a lot of plays that Darnell Washington made where he was just scooting down the field. Yep. And uh, he's a force to be reckoned with. Well, it also helped. I mean, if you think about this, and another team, and Kobe, I'm going to let you speak on this too. Another team that I would love to see him go to is the Chiefs because while they have Travis Kelsey, you add Darnell Washington, that adds that extra lineman. So you help Pacheco, right? You help Travis Mahomes with blocking, inline blocking if you need to. You could, you could see the Chiefs run a 12 personnel and be just fine. It would be, it would be insane. It would be absolutely Kobe. I want to. Where do you think Darno goes? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm just looking at the order right now. You know, the Eagles pick at 37. That's pretty. You know, the first round ends at 31 this year, not 32. So, um, you know, that would be a very interesting place. You know, they a lot, a lot of ground and pound 
football, but also a lot of finesse and throwing the ball. So, you know, just just to be a little bit different, that's about where we're expecting him to go that early yeah. second round. So, um, I, I think the big thing, like Jake said earlier, use him in the blocking game, but also you've got to use him in the red zone, got to roll out more and look for him, target him. He has really nice hands. I really thought that we did a poor job, even at Georgia, targeting him in the red zone. Up close in the red zone, the fact that he didn't have 10 touchdowns this year is just, I mean, I, I don't know. It just is a missed opportunity, I guess, is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I, I think so. Adonis asked, does, does Darnell start right away? I, I think so. Um, if, if you look at it, um, all these players that are coming out of Georgia are NFL ready, like, right away. And uh, he's he's one of those guys that uh, I, I think he could come in there and make a huge impact. I mean, he's six seven. He's humongous and he's physical. I think, and he has great hands from you know from blocking and catching. I think there are five teams in the NFL that he could get drafted and start at right tackle day one. Let alone tight. Listen, I mean, yeah, I mean, he could. I mean, that's the crazy thing. He's an avatar that could do both, and and that would be just scary. Um, the, the, the ideas of him going to the, the Bengals, though, just got me just, like, lost. That, is, that would be just insane. Um, let's let's bring up Nolan Smith. Listen, Nolan Smith at one point was having top ten talk. Now, I don't know about top ten talk, but I, I think you – I mean, he had a he had a ridiculous pro day. or Not pro day, but a combine, right? So, is there a shot that he lands in the first round? I'll start with one. Mm. Yeah, I mean there there is. I mean he, he could he could be a late a late round guy. Um, again, I, I look at if, if if I'm a GM, if I'm a coach, I'm looking at wear and tear. And I know that he had you know that shoulder surgery, but you know he's coming off of, from a year of not having to be in a physical physical uh, SEC schedule. So um, you know I, I think that uh, he's just going to be fresh. He's going to be ready. He's hungry. And just watching him at the combine lets me know all I need to know as far as who he is as a player and I need some you know somebody like that on my team. Yeah. Cody. I, think, I think there's no doubt he's first round talent. I think he's gonna go in the first round. I think the biggest thing um not that worries me or is really a concern. It's actually the opposite. But it was interesting to hear. Um if anybody watches real talk with Ryland and Tate, you know, we had them on. They interviewed uh um God, why did it just lose? I just left me. Who's the middle linebacker last year? Why did I just lose that? Nakobe? Yeah. They interviewed Nakobe and they talked about in the national championship when he yelled at Channing, when he was passionate, yelling at Channing, telling him to do his job. Next play, Channing makes a big play. And Nolan and and Nakobe really sharing that a lot of that, you know, real fiery passion to to play the right way, to play every play hard, you know. And Nakobe said that in all of his draft interviews that a lot of teams mark that as a negative, that once you got the NFL, that's not how we play here. We don't yell at teammates like that on the field. We don't embarrass other grown men. That's not the passion we play with. It's much more of a business. We want you a lot more even. I could see that being an issue for for Nolan. I mean, he is going to be a guy that's going to play hot and fiery with a lot of passion. And if you're not playing that way, he's going to hold you accountable. So it'll be interesting to see, like, he's going to have to be in the right atmosphere with the right group of guys that are willing to hold him to that accountability. 
and and are willing to listen to a rookie that may sometimes shoot off of the mouth. Yeah, listen, I, I think I think he's first strong talent. Um, I, I think you look at a at a situation where maybe he goes to the Jaguars and you pair him with Trayvon Walker. Uh, listen. You know, I, I think generating pass rush has become a hot commodity for any NFL team. And, you know, but at the same time, you look at his ability to set the edge and things like that. People can knock, people can knock him for his, uh, for his size, right? Like at 6'2. But when you run a fourth, you know, 4'3, if I'm not mistaken, like that sideline to sideline speed, you could put him at, you can put him on the end. You know, he can be that hybrid, you know, outside linebacker, or, you know, you can put him as an end. Give me the, give me a team like the Jags that take a chance on him in the first round. I think it could happen. Um, that would be my team. I, I would watch out for there. For, for those at home listening, that's pick number twenty-four in the first round. There you go. Kobe will be our our pick keeper. Um, Keely Ringo, guys. Keely Ringo. Uh, listen, before the se- like during the season, there was talks of him being top five. Arguably, I, I feel like that kind of has fizzled out a little bit. Um, where do you, Kobe? Where do you see um, Keeley going this year in the draft? I I really think he's a second round player. I just don't think he has all of the um, ability to be a first round draft pick. I think he has the speed. I think he has the length. I think he has some of that. But like me and Juan, we've all talked about. It almost seems like sometimes he panics. Like he's in good position. He's in good position. The ball's coming, I panic, and I either grab the guy or I lose him or something happens at that last, you know, half a second before the ball is caught where it's like he just almost forgets what he's doing or what's going on. But then you see flashes of plays like Tennessee. He is running step for step, catching an amazing interception. He'll always be remembered for the natty. That ball's a little underthrown, but he'll always be remembered for that natty pick six. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of talks about him moving possibly to safety. He's big bodied. He's fast. Maybe he's not your, your, you know, boundary corner, but, um, I still think he's a good enough player that you get him with a professional DB coach. You'll be able to teach him how to play DB in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Juan, what do you say, sir? I, I say late second round, maybe early to mid third. Um, here's the issue is, um, you know, he, he struggled with Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and, and he also struggled, you know, with Jamison Williams the, the year before. Guess what? Everybody's going to be a Marvin Harrison Jr. Everybody's going to be a Jamison Williams, Williams. And then there's going to be guys that are even better. So if you think about it, if you're looking at him versus a Jamar Chase or, you know, Jefferson, I mean, that's a dream come true for those guys. So just like Kobe said, if they take him and maybe move him to a safety because he is a big body, he is fast, I think that that would be a better fit for him um, uh, as far as the adjustment to the adjustment to the NFL. And if there's a situation where he's on a roster and, uh, and somebody gets hurt and they have to throw him in, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm like, well, here we go. We're going to line up our best guys, and that's, this is where we're going to go. So he needs to make sure that he can overcome that and just like Kobe said, get with a, a great defensive back coach, do some additional training, make sure that your hips are, are able to open so that you can cover these guys. These guys are going to be a nightmare. He's a, I mean, he has a perfect comp with, to me, like Tyson Campbell. Tyson at Georgia was a good cornerback, above average cornerback, elite speed. But he also panicked late in routes. He panicked. He had 
ton of PIs, and now he's down, been there with the Jags a couple of years. He's developed. He's the Jags' best corner. You know, they're looking to build around him at the Jags, yeah. at the cornerback position. I mean, that's the kind of growth we need to see with Keeley. I think it can happen, but he's got to put in that work for the first year or two in the draft, in the NFL, to be able to be that guy. Because right now, yeah. he has the some of the intangibles, but the tangibles, like when the ball's in the air sometimes. I'll tell you this right now. If you look for a team – that focuses on zone coverage specifically to take him. And the reason why I say that is he is elite in zone coverage. I think he goes second round. The reason why I say not a first round is because of the fact that if you're going for a first round cornerback, you need to be able to do both man and zone elite. That's what you need. We've seen him have flashes with man coverage, but again, that you cannot question his ability in zone coverage. And the team that I think would be nice to pick him up is the Rams. Uh, think about Darian Kendrick. Darian Kendrick was kind of the same situation where you have a guy that's way better in zone coverage. And he's actually playing down there and in, in, over there in L.A. and doing well for himself. So I'm looking at it in a sense where, you know, you look for a team that focuses heavy on zone coverage, take them, right, and I think he goes second round. Um, Adonis is the ice age over in Minnesota yet. I'm waiting for a response. Um, next, next guy up. Let's, let's talk, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk, uh, Chris Smith, Chris Smith. Where do you think he goes? We'll start with Kobe. Yeah. I said it earlier. I think that, you know, he's a, he's going to be a third, fourth round pick for somebody. I just don't think that, you know, he's nobody's going to problem is like we've talked about. There's only 31 first-round picks. There's probably 50 guys you could say are first-round talents, but at the end of the day, only 31 of them are going in the first round. And you talk about Nick Chubb that goes in the second round, guys like that. I mean, that you know, there's no reason looking back that that should happen. But people gamble. They you know take what's best available at certain positions. Um, so I just think that after you kind of get through that best 80 players, you know. You get into that fourth round, late third, fourth round. You know that's where Chris is going to fall, probably top 150 pick. Um, you know that's, I guess, a hundred, pick 100. I think starts the fourth round or close to it. So that'd be, you know, right around yep. where I can see him going. One moment, you sir. I'd say the same thing, and if you really look at it, that's a bonus for him um, because fortunately for him, he had an opportunity to play against. SEC receivers, uh, you know, and, and go against SEC offenses. Uh, had he not, you, you know, you would almost have to think, you know, would he fall out of the draft? But, um, you know, he, he had a pretty decent pro day. And uh, so, so I do. I, I think he'll be around that area. And thank goodness he had an opportunity to go up against these SEC teams because if he didn't, you know, I, I think it would be kind of tough on him. I've got him going in the fourth round. Um Listen, I, th I think you're getting an excellent football player, high IQ, high motor. We saw his closing speed, right? We've talked about it. We've seen it. Uh, but I think when you when you look at safeties and what, what the NFL covets now, I think you look at a sizable safety. And that's something that just God just didn't benefit him with the, with the benefit of size. So I think you see him going fourth round based off of his instinct alone. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a team maybe like the commanders uh, take a hit on him. 
Uh, commanders, I feel like, could use some help in the secondary as well. Um, and maybe maybe that's a good way to start out, right? I, I think that'd be a good idea. Or put him at I, – I'd rather him stay at safety, but, you know, I'm sure that if the team that picks him could look at his diversity and, you know, his versatility. But um, definitely think that – I think he'll see mid-rounds mid for sure. I think you see him go maybe early fourth. Um, let's look at – Warren McClendon, do we see McClendon going anywhere? What round do you see him going? Yeah, I think I think we've you know touched on Warren McClendon earlier with Jake too. I, I see him being a, a mid to late round draftable right tackle. He's going to help a roster probably almost immediately. He's going to surprise some people in you know OTAs in the preseason stuff like that. You know, depending on your depth, you're going to get a a guy that probably can be either your sixth lineman or, you know, a good solid backup right tackle, or, you know, possibly if someone gets injured or depending again on your depth, maybe you're starting right tackle. Um, I, I think he, Jamari Sawyer is a perfect comp for him. He's somebody that's going to be undervalued and he's going to bring a lot more value than people necessarily are looking right now. What? Yeah. I'd, I'd say, the, the same thing, a first rounder for sure. There's a lot of teams that are looking for linemen that need uh, that that need linemen. Um, but it, it could also be a situation too, or if if if, if he falls late, um, you know, look at you know, or, or maybe even the second round. Look at look at the Kansas City Chiefs to pick him up. You know, they're uh, they were a team that were just decimated from a line standpoint. What what. Um, you know what they were able to do in that Super Bowl was a dang near miracle. Um, but but he is he's going to come in there. I think he's going to help somebody right away. Again, the physicality, and that's what I'm looking at as a GM. If I'm looking at as a coach, the physicality of going through the SEC and uh, you know playing against some of these top guys. I, I wish that you know obviously Georgia would have had an opportunity, especially for for uh, McClendon, um, you know, and all those other guys to play against a Will Anderson. That would have been great. That would have been a great you know, just kind of test to see what, you know, what it's going to look like. But I, I just, I, I think he's going to do well. He's prepared. The trainers and everybody's prepared him well. I think it's just going to, I think it's going to be great. I've got, I think he, I think you could see him go maybe in the fifth round, yeah, mid to late, right? I think anywhere in that range would be good. Uh, I, I think you look at a team for, for uh, Warren, I, I think you look at the Dolphins, right? With, with two is health history and things like that like you want to make sure your right tackle is at a premium but do they take do they take a chance early on an offensive lineman or do they try to get you know other positions i think they wait and try to get a surefire solid offensive lineman and i think warren mcclendon would be good there to protect tua if he you know what i mean so i would say the dolphins would be a team to watch out for because the right tackle. and jake mentioned this earlier the premium for a left-handed quarterback the right tackle is is your left tackle so that's a benefit for those teams because Everyone else looks for left tackle, so your premium is your right tackle. So, and you get them for it, and you get them on a budget, right? You get them at a value cost. So, I would be careful if you watch out for the the Dolphins there. Maybe um, let's look at Kenny McIntosh, guys. Kenny McIntosh. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fourth round. Watch out for a team like the Falcons. I think he would fit well with the Falcons. Just my thought right there. Yeah. Uh, Ron, I, I, what do you say? I I would probably say fifth or sixth. Um, I do think he's a sleeper. I think he's going to be a steal. 
I just don't see a whole lot of teams just jumping up to go grab him. It's going to be one of those situations where, oh, man, he just fell in our lap. The only thing that's, that's unfortunate is he does not have the stats that a lot of these other running backs are going to have. So that's going to be something that's going to hurt him. But again, as a GM, I'm looking at, hey, man, he doesn't have that much wear and tear. So I'm going to, um, you, you know, uh, take a chance. Yeah. Apparently, we've got a vi- uh, we've got a viewer, Mike Free from uh, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. So we have now hit manifest destiny. Um, going from going from the Carolinas all the way to um, Aloha Central. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, welcome to the show, Mike. Uh, also, Kobe, are you dressed like an escape con, trying not to look like one? Catch me if you can. Yep. Catch you if you can. Uh, Kobe, you want to speak on uh, Kenny there, sir? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Juan's dead on. I mean, I think fifth, sixth round, you know, maybe late fourth. If you, like you're saying, if you if you get a team like, like you're saying, maybe a team like the Falcons, did he interview really well? Did he impress? Is this somebody that they're like, wow, you know? But the problem is the the running back position, like we talked about, is just so devalued. You know, you can go get a late round running back. Most teams, a late round running back, run them to death for three years, and then draft another late round running back and run them to death for three years. The year, the days of you know first round top ten running back. It, it, it just isn't there anymore. I mean, unless you have a top five back, it, it you know, and even then, like the Titans are talking about trading Derrick Henry. I mean, even, you know, even still having a top five back doesn't always guarantee that your longevity is going to be there for the same team. You know, people do think that running backs are much more replaceable than they once were. Yeah. So, see, need a lot more Saturday Pro Football says my bill's about to get D hop. Uh, which leads me to a receiver, Kiaris Jackson. I think we start to question now, do we see these guys get drafted? Do you see Kiaris getting drafted? Hmm. Juan, we'll start with you. Um, that That's a tough one, to be honest with you. Um, they just don't have the stats, man. Like, that that's just the toughest thing. These guys are also not necessarily proven, and, and, and that's just kind of hard. At least a lot of these guys have a lot of tape. Um, and, you know, you could also look at practice. You know, you could look at the look at the practice tape. But against good quality SEC guys, I mean, that, that's just going to be tough. So he, he may be go, you know, be an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I, I just have to agree with that. I think he's going to end up being undrafted guy, but he'll get picked up. He'll make it to a you know OTAs preseason roster, and then at that point, it's really going to lean on how well can he play special teams. You know, is it is it the kind of guy he can do punt coverage, punt return, and that's the one thing Kirby does really well for these guys in their career here. Is you know a lot of guys are are thrusted into a role of playing special teams even as a starter, and it prepares them for the NFL when somebody goes, "Hey man, the only way you're making this roster is if you're one of the best four punt guys we got." So, yeah, I, I think. Uh... More uh, Saturday Pro Football brings up a good point. He thinks this year will be an unprecedented uh, amount of player trades in this draft. So you could see guys moving around. I think for the sake of it, I-, I think you could see the Panthers. Think about this: the Panthers giving up DJ Moore, right? Picking Kiers per se in the say seventh round, late seventh round, maybe or whatever. 
seventh round pick flyer on Kieras because they need the receiver help outside of outside of DJ Moore. What did the Panthers have? They also don't have a running back now that they let go of uh, McCaffrey. Watch out for these teams super late in the draft. Maybe take a take a shot, right? Take a shot just to have it rather than. You know, but at the same time, I, I think you're not wrong either, guys. You know, there's a good chance that he might just not be drafted. Yeah, I, I um, know, um, need a lot more football. Uh, sorry, a lot of more Saturday pro football. I need to know your age because you said Little Mac. I know you're talking about Mac Jones, but Little Mac that was a uh, that was a character in Punch Out, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. So I wonder <laughs> if, if that was a reference. If that was, man, oh man. So I've got I've got four more names. So we're gonna do lightning lightning around here, guys. Jackpot Leslie, is he drafted? Seventh no. round, like seventh round at best, probably not, though. Probably most kickers are yeah. going undrafted free agents. Yeah. Yep. So I think Pod Leslie's undrafted free agent. What about Warren Erickson? Undrafted free agent. Yeah. Same. Uh, Bobby Bill. Seventh round pick. Seventh round. I think watch out for the Chiefs late in the, in the seventh uh, round. I just think that he he's so big. And he's been in the system that I think that, you know, seventh-round pick, and then obviously, I mean, that's a flip of the coin, obviously, undrafted free agent. I saved the best for last. Stetson Bennett. Juan, you don't have to answer. Kobe, do you think he gets drafted? I do, yeah. I saw I saw Jake Fromm get drafted. I, I think Stetson gets drafted. What, what did uh, – what Jake Fromm was sixth round? Fifth round. Fifth, fifth, round. fifth to the Bills. Fifth, fifth to the Bills. Um, listen, I, I think – Watch out for a team, Minnesota. You have Kirk Cousins there, but he's on the like he's kind of passes right. Watch out for them to take a shot there because they do need some quarterback help. <clears throat> I would I there's been I would agree not necessarily with the Minnesota pick, but a team that plays in the dome, a team that's not going to play outside, he's going to be able to throw the ball without much um, issue from like the environment. I think you could you imagine? Could that. you imagine the Falcons picking him? I, I don't see that happening by any means. I'm just saying, like, I mean, because if you look at it, right, like, the, if what if the Texans don't, right, like, what if the Texans don't pick him, or I mean, like, they don't take a quarterback in those two first round picks, because I mean, who do they have? I forgot who's their quarterback right now. Uh, they did have Deshaun. They let him go, but. Um, but, no, I, I think – I've, I've saw some mock drafts for Stetson go as high as the fifth round. I don't even know about that. I'm going to be optimistic but cautiously optimistic. Give me a sixth round, seventh round, right, late round, day three. Um, but, like I said, maybe if depending on how things play out, because there's been Hendon Hooker talk for Minnesota. Uh, but I think you look at another team. Maybe you look at uh, – maybe you look at Green Bay, right, where you got Jordan Love now. Uh, you know, maybe put some pressure on him to do better. Yeah. You know, and, and but at the same time, Kobe, you talked about it. You got to be careful with it because Green Bay is going to be super cold I and out, with, outdoors. I disagree with the Green Bay pick only because you want a veteran presence for Jordan Love, not a rookie presence. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Now, okay. Uh, it, it, and if he does miraculously get drafted, I could see him probably going to the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. They would probably take a chance on, him. and I think that they're they're not even around anymore. But I think that they'll probably try to draft him to resurrect the the whole thing. Uh, anyways, before we go, uh, so that's our that's our predictions right there, guys. We're about to wrap this thing up, but before we do, I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, Apotheos Roastery. 
located in Kennesaw, Georgia. Guys, I have this coffee every day. I'm telling you right now, it's the best coffee money can buy. And you can also support the dogs. Head over to dgdpodcast.com forward slash apotheos uh, and use our website to shop their selection of coffees. They act, they now have K-Cups, uh, much to J-O-double-G's uh, uh, pl- delight there. Uh, so now you have K-Cup selections, ground coffee, whole bean. Uh, listen, 20% of proceeds for every bag that you buy goes to the Classic City Collective uh, if you use our website. So, appear- wow, okay. So thank you, J-O-double-G, for ruining that. Um, wishing wishing someone to step in a cow pie today. Okay. I think we'll wrap it up on that, speaking of cow pies. Um, you got to lube it up to fit out of this hole in the wall now. <laughs> the show's over. <laughs> He's, the warden went to sleep. Got to get out now. Jailbreak. Uh, other than that, guys, any any final words before we wrap uh, before we go? Nope. Looking forward to this weekend with the draft, man. That's all I'm going to say. Looking yes, forward to it. All right. The draft. I'll tomorrow. take it all day. Yeah. There you I'll go. All right, got Friday, I'll with that be, Yeah, look at you. With that being said, guys, that is all we have for today. Uh, as always, Robert Reynolds, Kobe Pierce, Juan Daniels. Uh, make sure to make sure to like, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening, leave us a review on podcast. With that being said, have a great weekend. We will be back here to recap the NFL Draft Monday. Have a great day. And go dogs. Go dogs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.